Welcome to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, physician turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I want to talk about something today that's a little different. Last week, we talked about what to look for when hiring an interior designer. And today I want to flip the script. I want to talk about what do interior designers look for when agreeing to work with a client. Because unlike a lot of other professions, most interior designers screen their clients to make sure they're a good fit. Most of the time when we think about calling a professional to help us with some kind of service, for the most part, if they have time in their schedule, they're going to take you as a client. But think about lawyers. You know, they're going to look at your case. They're going to evaluate a lot of information to determine if they're going to take your case. And I think that's a really good analogy because it's uh, the way interior designers work. They're the same way. And you might be wondering why. It's not because they think you're not good enough or your house is like beyond help. There's nothing wrong with you or them. You just might not be a good fit together. So in this episode, I want to talk about the nature of the designer-client relationship and what designers look for when selecting their clients. For those of you who have been on the fence about hiring a designer, or maybe you're a little intimidated by the process just because you're not familiar with it, I hope to provide you with some clarity so that you can take this information and then move forward, make the best decision for you. So let's talk a little bit about the designer-client relationship. It truly is a partnership. It has to be based on trust and it needs to be a good fit. You're working on something together that's very personal. It's your home. I mean, if you think about it, this is your most private, intimate space, and it's where you are the most you. It's where you have your most private moments, and what you're doing is you're inviting someone, usually a stranger, (laughs) into that process to help you design that whole home. And you don't know them personally. And so because this is a very personal process, it's imperative that you and your designer are a good fit for each other. You're going to go through and you're going to interview different designers to determine who you think is a really good fit for you. And that's what we talked about in our last episode. But also your designer is going to interview you and figure out, are you a good fit for them? So what you want to find is a good pairing. You know, I hate talking in absolutes, like there's some good designers and bad designers. The truth is there are good pairings and not so great pairings. So the key is finding the right fit for you. And in order to help you do that, I want to talk a little bit about what do designers look for? So when I'm on a discovery call, Someone approaches me and they're like, you know, I want to help with my kitchen remodel or my bath remodel or maybe even decorating multiple rooms in their home or the whole house. So what am I thinking about? What am I looking for when I'm talking to prospective clients? And I think that sharing this with you is going to give you more insight into the process so that then you can participate in that process and find the right fit for you. So what do designers look for? I have a list of five things that I really concentrate on when I'm interviewing prospective clients. So I'm going to share those with you today. Number one, 
I look for someone who's a good communicator about their opinions and preferences. And I look to see if they have a strong sense of what they like and what they don't like. Now, they don't have to have a particular style. Styles are really just communication tools. I did a couple of episodes on finding your design style, but I'm often very careful about that because I think that saying that defining yourself with a particular style can kind of pigeonhole you and not allow you to really express, you know, who you are in your home. So I think they're, they're good for communication because if you tell me, oh, my style is mid-century modern, then I immediately have an idea of what that means. So it does, it is a good communication tool, but when I'm interviewing clients, I'm not necessarily looking for someone who has an exact style match to me. My work needs to resonate with them in some way. And uh, I touched on that in the last episode, but you should have a good idea of what resonates with you. And most people have a pretty good sense of this, but there are some people that really just don't know, or maybe they know, but they just can't express it in words. And this is where things can get a bit dicey for a designer because people that can't express what they like, or they don't know what they like deep down inside, They do have opinions, but they're typically people who have quite a bit of difficulty visualizing a space or can't articulate their opinion about aesthetic choices. So the danger here for the designer is that the client says, you know, I don't care. Yeah, that looks good. Do whatever you want. They're not really giving specific feedback during the process. And then when the job is complete and they finally can visualize all the parts of the design as a whole, they decide they don't like it. And that's simply because they're, they weren't able to communicate that and give the feedback necessary so that both parties were on the same page. So this can be mitigated, you know, somewhat during the process by showing uh, detailed renderings, 3D walkthroughs, and I do all of that with my clients. But some people still have a really hard time visualizing it, and that's where you can run into problems. So Number one, I look for someone who knows what they like and what they dislike and can communicate that in an effective way. That's going to make for a much better designer-client relationship. Doesn't mean that they have to like everything I like. Doesn't mean that at all, but we need to be able to communicate about that. Number two is I look for clients who are open-minded. All right, so I want them to be open to exploring things they may not have thought of before. And this is key because in reality, this is probably one of the main reasons you're reaching out to a designer. If you wanted or could do it yourself, you would, right? So you've got to be open to exploring ideas that you might not have thought of before. This doesn't mean that you have to go along with every idea your designer suggests, but you need to be open about considering them. And I think this is where a lot of people have a misunderstanding or a slight misunderstanding about what an interior designer actually does. So if you think about how an artist, a painter approaches a blank canvas or how a sculptor approaches approaches a big block of stone that they're going to carve into a sculpture and you contrast that with how we approach making dinner from a recipe okay so in one your artist is 
looking at that blank canvas, looking at that stone, and they're considering all possibilities. But when you make dinner from a recipe, what do we do? We know the recipe, we create our grocery list, and then we go to the store, we shop for the ingredient. So these two processes are very different. And a designer approaches a space more like the artist in front of the blank canvas. It's very holistic, artistic, and creative because they know that there are so many possibilities. Number one, I always tell my clients, there are hundreds of equally amazing functional ways that we can design your room. The key is finding the one that resonates with you. Create, and there are multiple options for that too. There's multiple ways we could design it that's gonna, that are gonna resonate with you. But together, we can find you know what's best for you. So many small elements go into creating a specific feeling and atmosphere in a space that actually functions the way you need it to function. So imagine what response you would get if you ask a painter sitting in front of a blank canvas, if you ask them, what color and shape do you think works in this top right corner of the canvas? That's kind of the same thing as when you ask a designer with no context, do you think I can use this particular chair in this spot? Well, I can give you my opinion based on what I know, but we really haven't done the important work yet. The big picture And often in the creative process of designing, just like with painting, the work evolves and changes throughout the process. It's a much more fluid, holistic way of approaching a space than, for example, if I'm making the recipe and I'm just going through the motions of figuring out what I need, checking off the boxes and putting it together. And we, and we often know that that for a room does not work because what happens, we, we do that and then we get it all together and it just doesn't feel or look right. It's because we're approaching it more like a recipe rather than a creative evolving process. So understanding this is really important if you want to work with a designer. I've had several people approach me in the past and they'll say something like, I'm working on my living room and I have almost everything I need except a rug, a side table, and wall art. Can you help me with those things? And this is fine if they understand that I might need to look at the entire room. Well, I will need to look at the entire room and I may suggest other things. They may not need anything else. I wouldn't go in and start changing things just for the sake of changing them. But often what happens is I see the room needs much more than just those few items if they want to create the look and the feel that they're telling me they want to create. I've learned that what clients want isn't really just the rug, side table, and wall art, right? They want a comfortable, functional space for their family. And it often takes more than just shopping for those few items to create that. So if they're open to that, I say, great, let's go. But sometimes they truly just want you to pick out those specific items for them. There's nothing wrong with them wanting that. But the most important point here is that what they really are looking for is a personal shopper rather than an interior designer. So let's move on. What's the third thing that designers look for when selecting clients. The third thing is that they understand quality and value. 
All right. So this goes back to the two-part episode I did on fast furniture. If you haven't listened to that, you may want to go back and listen to that. For those of you who have listened in that episode, I talk a lot about how furniture manufacturing has changed over the past 50 years. And a lot of what you see now at what I call big box furniture stores like Pottery Barn and West Elm is disposable furniture, right? It's designed to only last, you know, three to five years, depending on the item. I'm not saying everything from those stores are going to wear out in five years, but there's considerably less than higher quality furniture. Not every piece from these types of stores is equal. Some are going to be better quality than others. I actually have two cabinets in my home from Ballard Designs that I love, and they are excellent quality. I've seen other pieces from from Ballard Designs that are not. So I'm not saying that you should never buy from those places. But what I'm saying is that it's important to understand the quality that you're getting for the amount of money that you pay, and that is the value. So even if my client's furniture budget dictates that we need to use items from places like that, I always encourage them to invest in a fewer, higher quality items that will last. Ultimately, the decision is up to them, but I think that it's going to be much easier working with a designer if you understand the furniture quality that you're getting for a specific price point. In other words, value. And the value in investing in, at minimum, a few higher quality pieces that will last is important. Let's move on. The fourth thing is really understanding the time that it takes for design work. So if you want your room designed tomorrow, you're probably not going to be a good fit for working with a designer. Likely your designer has multiple projects going on at any one time. And designing a room, if it's just one room, and particularly if it's a larger project, it takes time. And each designer is different. But the important thing to remember here is that creativity is something that just can't be rushed. When it's rushed, it's not going to be as good. It's not going to be as creative. It's a process and every designer has their own unique creative process. Everybody's different. They know the process or the thing that works best for them. Some designers may be able to sit down and have this huge creative burst and design a room in a few hours, right? Others, the process comes in shorter creative burst over days, weeks, or for large projects, even months. And I'm talking about the creative process. I'm just talking about the vision. This is just the vision. This doesn't include the time that it takes to translate that vision into reality, which includes actually finding those specific furnishings and fabrics and finishes that are durable and of good quality and fit within your budget. That usually takes longer than coming up with the vision itself, right? It doesn't include the time to complete your drawings and your renderings so that you can visualize the space and your, your lighting plans and your electrical plans and gathering finish, finish samples so that you can see and feel them. So I could go on and on, but the, the bottom line here is that good design takes time. So if you're, you're going to really get along really well with your designer, if you understand that and trust that process, they're not dragging their feet. They're not putting it off. I promise you, they want to get it done quickly, just as much as you do. So if it seems like it's taking a while, understand that there are legitimate reasons for that. And then last number five, 
designers look for clients that value what they do. And I think the bottom line here is that in order to have a successful relationship with a designer, you have to truly see value in what they do. So going into the project, or if you've been on the fence and you're thinking about hiring a designer and you're not sure, if you find yourself thinking these things, I don't know what's taking so long. All they're doing is finding a few more pieces for me. Or it's just designing a room. How hard could it be? Or they better not rip me off. I don't think it takes that long to, t- to find a lamp. If, if you find that this is sort of your general, these are your general thoughts and attitude towards designers, it's likely that you, you don't really appreciate the value in what they do. And this is going to cause problems in that relationship. So you can reevaluate those things if you want. But if that's, that's totally fine, if those are the, the thoughts that you have, and those are kind of the beliefs that you have, if you enter into a relationship with a designer, most likely that's going to end up with frustration, no matter who you choose. So your designer is immediately going to pick up on this as well. And they will probably decide that you're not a good fit for each other. So those are the five things. Those are, it's not comprehensive, but those are the big five things that I look for when I'm deciding whether to work with a client or not. So number one, knowing what you like, knowing what you don't like, and being able to communicate that to your designer. Number two, being open-minded to considering things that you may not have thought of before. Number three, understanding quality and value. Number four, understanding the time it takes for design work. And then number five, understanding the value of what your interior designer does. So if you kind of reflect back on what we talked about last week and what um, you should look for when hiring an interior designer and you pair that with this episode, what designers look for, you now have a pretty comprehensive uh, understanding of what the designer relationship is like and what it takes for that to be successful. And here's the thing, and I speak from experience. When you have a good pairing, a good, I'm working with two clients in particular right now, and we are just perfect fits for each other, it's actually a really beautiful, exciting thing. And um, both parties get, I just, I get just as excited as my clients. I'm designing a pool house right now. And I sent um, part of the plans over to my client and I told her, I was like, can I come in, move in? Can I come move into your pool house? Because I want to live here. (laughs) And we were, we were joking around and teasing about that. But when it works, when you find that right pairing, it's fun, it's exciting. There are always challenges, but you get through them together. And it's that partnership that can be so special. I hope this helps you, uh, especially if you're on the fence about hiring a designer or not. Hopefully, hearing this information will help you make the right decision for you. And for the record, for those of you who don't know, I do offer interior design services. So if you have a project you're working on and you want to chat about it, shoot me an email. Krisha at krisha.com. That's K-R-I-C-I-A. And we can set up a time to talk about your project. Happy decorating, and I'll see you next week. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians. Or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.